Hi, Jeremy. Hi, Ruff. Hey, hello. The way I said your name was like a dog barking. Hi, Ruff. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Seems Good adequate. Yeah. Um, What's up? Uh, today, we're going to talk about Facebook. Ah, fa- jump we're right jumping in. right, jump, jump yeah. right in. How are you? What's going on? Where are you? Blah, blah, blah. Facebook. Well, no, yeah. A lot of people start their day with Facebook, I guess. So it, it, it makes sense. Like before you think of anything, oh, better better check Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See if the world is okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually find myself doing that less and less. But why do you want to talk about Facebook? Um, well, I think all the computational platforms are interesting. It, whether you call them a computational platform, but they all do a different thing. So we talked about Amazon and how it's slowly taking over the entire idea of retail. And then... Mm-hmm. You, when you think of information access, you think of Google. And then Facebook is a funny one to me because I, I really don't like using it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anyone enjoys using it, but it's kind of like Windows XP. Like It works really well and everybody's on it, so might as well, but nobody really likes the way it looks. I mean, like, why don't you like... Is it, you don't like using it because of the aesthetics? Well, it's, it's not just... The, f- the choice of font or anything it, it, aesthetics means the entire product design so the mm-hmm. fact that if you are not a Facebook member and you visit a page there's a, a, a pop up that's two thirds of the screen says why not join mm-hmm. those kind of decisions that's I don't know if you call that design but uh, those are decisions that that you see in front of you or that's funny cause, the, the yeah. idea of a ticker next to the timeline and then ads there and it, it it's the opposite of simple it's funny that you say like, uh, yeah, the, uh, the the idea that uh, they. So you're not a member. Or you currently don't have a. a well, profile? it's complicated. <laughs> no, you have a page, but you I, don't have a. Profile. Yeah, I have a page. So uh, for that reason, I have to have a private account. So I just set up another private account that uh, is just a, a sort of a dummy account. I never post anything. Ooh, and the, can I uh, find? I've never, I've never found it. It must be under the name like. Rod Stewart or something. Yeah, what something is? like that. Yeah. Michael Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> Michael Jackson, but it, yeah. It, I think I mentioned this before uh, that I really dropped Facebook. Well, it got complicated because someone was like, "Oh, you shouldn't have a private page. You should have a public page." And I thought the public page is something that a fan is supposed to do, like the the fan page for an actor or for a musician. Mm-hmm. But they're like, "No, you should manage that yourself." Right. So I had a public page and I had a private page, and then you're like. This is before Instagram, kind of, and you were still actively posting stuff on Facebook. Um, so then I had a public page and a private page, and you're like, is this for private or for public? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Do you yeah. have a public page? Yeah, but I have the opposite problem of you, as you, right? Like, I tried the public page thing. Actually, I have several, which is a big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, like... I don't update them because I barely update my private page yeah. anymore. And I think the public pages are, are less visible in people's feeds because they want people to connect with real people. Oh, yeah, not, not right. Exactly. Yeah, like I just felt... And then so then I have like, they're kind of out of sync with but, one but, another. But, but maybe instead of complaining, we could say, what what is Facebook good for for you? Oh, man. Well, this is... It's, it's really hard because, okay... I I I like the private page. Or let me talk about when I did like Facebook. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's funny it's, when it started. I saw when it began, and I thought MySpace was awesome. Mm-hmm. And people are like, no, Facebook is way cooler. And I'm like, but you can't put animated gifs. You can't customize the fonts. It's so boring. Mm-hmm. 
I also feel like this is like, I don't know if non-artists have this conversation, but anytime Facebook comes up, almost like, I just get, like, with another artist, we just get angry. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's, 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 it's the exact same thing as, as Microsoft, where everybody hates it, but you have to use it because you're in an office or something, and everybody's like, it's just so bad. But then there'll be something that, like, they're, like people are just can't stay away from. Or, well, it's been like, designed to do that. Yeah. That's part yeah. of why I, I got rid of it is, is not because it was boring, but because there was so much interesting things to read that I just couldn't resist. Well, one of the other reasons we wanted to talk about it this week is because recently they crossed this ridiculous, you know, number of users, right? They got to 2 billion users. Yeah, right? that's like almost as much as our listeners. <laughs> yeah, it's very that's close incredible. to our listeners. That's incredible. Like, they're, they're really yeah. on that good point level. <laughs> yeah, so there, there is almost no uh, thing. There, I, I can't think of another thing in the world that as many people use you yeah. know, it's on, it's like on the level even, of like I, Like how many water. members of the Catholic Church? It's it's like on that level. Right, yeah. It's like the church, people who drink water or who have access to water, <laughs> <laughs> people who have health care. No, I think Facebook. that's far fewer. But maybe people who don't have health care. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, people so it's who like, breathe. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then, of course, like we know that uh, Mark Zuckerberg is sort of like, or we don't know this, but people are, are have like insinuated that he's potentially going to run for election. He's so uh, in... not likable as a kid. Like if you see him in the debate. <laughs> and it, I can imagine some his, his uh, contestant would be like, uh, we're going to make America great again. And he would be like, uh, I think that's factually inaccurate. And everybody's just like, nerd. Just it's up, it's no. true. He's not he's not a loved CEO, and he, you can see he desperately wants to be a loved CEO. I was listening <laughs> to like another tech podcast, and they they're talking about all the great guests they'd had on stage at this like um, this tech event. The, the code conference. Yeah, at Code. Yeah, you probably listened to the same. Yeah, uh, it was like Walt Mossberg was talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, Steve Jobs and Bill Gates being on stage that was amazing, and then this other, you know, it was great when we had Jeff Bezos and stuff. And then what was the worst? Oh, the worst was definitely when we had Mark Zuckerberg exactly. on stage. Well, he's also because, very young still compared to them. So, yeah, do, but do you apparently think Bill he was Gates sick. would be a good president. Uh, well, it's funny. Like, if you asked me ten years ago, I'd be like, absolutely not. But I think the work that um, him and his partner uh, Melinda Gates have done with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is kind of interesting. And they've taken on these like big challenges, and and they fund now it, like a it, significant it seems, amount of research. It seems like if you're that kind of business person, that politics would be a very slow avenue to get the results they want. If they want to cure polio. They're better off doing it on their own than trying to do it through a government. No, but in the 90s, Gates was just like Zuckerberg. He's like, the smart home, it's the future. What? Come take a tour of my smart home. And he was, yeah. you know, it would be his mansion. It's like, everyone's yeah. going to live in a mansion he, he, in the he future. He started uh, this, the, the photo uh, licensing business because he thought everyone's walls would just be screened and then they could have <laughs> photos on them. Which we talked about last episode. It's mm-hmm. never happening. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, know. but uh, but yeah, if we get back to what I liked about it originally, yeah, what was uh, it, because were you on Friendster first? Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. I mean, and maybe this you, is not did, of course anymore because and like then you were the, on MySpace and maybe yeah, LiveJournal as well. We should stop and like pause for a second because there's a generation of potentially even listeners that haven't had this experience. I think we're at the threshold now because it's probably been more than ten years. Yeah, fifteen years of social media, right? And I think social... it goes even further because bulletin boards are, are social media. So it's kind of as I, mm. I, I just saw an interview. Or I read, 
I heard an interview on another podcast, the It's Nice That podcast, and they talked about the birth of the emoticon, and they needed the the, the colon uh, hyphen uh, whatever smiley face because they couldn't understand what was sarcastic and what wasn't. So on bulletin boards, and he said that was mm -hmm. kind of the social media of the time. Right. These so-called nonverbal cues were missing. But yeah. um, I one thing that I, I think is interesting about you know, Facebook and all of these media. So any, A, there are people that have never grown up without these th having a social media profile, right? They're, I don't know if we're yet at the point where babies whose pictures have been posted <laughs> well, are using Facebook. I, I, yeah, I think even the two probably. of us, the two of us, we probably started with a Hotmail account. Like we weren't around before when you had to have your own email server and set that up. Uh, yeah, I did have that, but I, I do want to, like the the thing I think is interesting to just to mention, just historically, is that um, Facebook and apps like it represented a change in the internet, right? So prior to, um, you know, let's even say Friendster, uh, but prior to apps that you know have a social component, there was Web 1.0. It Web 1.0 didn't know it was called Web 1.0. It was like I'm just the internet. It was pages, and, the static <laughs> yeah. web pages. Yeah, and then a group of companies emerged and people and, who knows, dudes uh, started saying like, hey, the internet is something else now. It's not just uh, web pages and it's not created just by people. It's platforms and software and it's social and it's called Web 2.0, right? And actually, it also heralded in a pretty terrible like uh, design aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, but it, it brought in convenience. It, it made internet yeah. much more understandable for a lot of people. Yeah, so that's when you see platforms first emerge and when you see um, like uh, software is not just for the I, individual I think, if it's on the internet, it's for groups of people. Of course, bulletin boards were the I first think, example of that. But I think also yeah. at, at that moment, the internet started looking more like the real world where... There's things like Pinterest or YouTube, which are, are a reflection of the real world. And I feel like before those platforms, the internet had a very strong aesthetic because of the minimal possibilities. So it's kind of when the internet became reality TV. Well, yeah, I also think, you know, it was really about uh, capital because Web 1.0 was about people trying to open stores on the internet, right? It was about, it was about, that was how, that's how the capitalists, the people with the money thought about the internet. They're like, ah, yes, the internet, we take socks and we sell them online, right? And then a lot of those companies went bust at the turn of the century. And then their, their reinvention, right? Like the phoenix that rose from those ashes was like, what if we connected all the people on the planet and then advertised to them? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> attention. And so there's a yeah, data is the new oil. Yeah, and yeah, and the attention economy and blah blah blah, but uh, it's it's important just to bring that up because it, it seems like ancient history now, but <laughs> that was a revolutionary uh, shift, and we're potentially on the verge of another shift. It's always uh, it's it's that same trade off when Gmail arrived, and before that, Hotmail had a two megabyte or five megabyte inbox, mm -hmm. and you were constantly deleting stuff to keep your inbox tidy. And Gmail no, no, one no. day was just like, okay, we'll do a gig for free, but we'll read your email and serve you ads. Yeah, yeah. So it's always yeah. that trade-off. Yeah, yeah. But it, I mean, it wasn't, and maybe it wasn't as insidious as I painted, but uh, definitely that heralded in the sort of platform but, economy that we have yeah, now. Yeah, I think, I think what, uh, what annoys me often is that uh, the companies are like, oh, we have this amazing thing, but it already existed, it was just slightly nerdier and then they just 
but you could already share photos before. Yeah, so but the early Facebook for me was the first time that I was able to, and I don't know if you had the same experience, connect with other artists, and it kind of felt like I was doing studio visits. I kind of um, felt that I, way already before with email. It was just people had emailing. Home, yeah. People had home pages, and I would always email someone if I liked their work and say, "Hey, I really like your work. This is my mm-hmm. website." That was kind of um, that was. It's basically the same thing. Well, I saw something different, which was that. It, people, it was no longer like asking or telling people that you were a fan. It was like this the idea of a feed and seeing what new things my friends or other artists were making in real time. Like, And then it really kind of changed something in my brain for a brief period where I was like, oh my God, to be a part of this, I have to make something every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was very stimulating for you. It was early on. Early on, I was like... Was that you, yeah. more YouTube or Facebook or, or the combo? Well, I was already... Yeah, because I was already using YouTube. And so YouTube was really the first platform for me before... I mean, I, of course, I was using Friendster and MySpace, but yeah. the first time I had, I felt part of a community. And then posting stuff on Facebook in relationship with my YouTube uh, community, that was, um, that was kind of how I thought about things. And then I started, of course, doing other things, but... Uh, like I just felt like a, the, it was the studio visit, but the studio visit had transformed and it was really fast. The studio you, feed instead of the studio. It was the visit. studio feed, yeah, and it really changed. I think my friends' attitudes towards making art too, and then people who weren't making art at that speed, I was like appalled with. <laughs> 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 but the, the, there was a time even before when pe- a lot of artists did uh, sort of live streaming of their whole life. That was like a, a radical thought. I mean, yeah, I'm just going to broadcast my whole life, and that's kind of normal now that people post pictures of the breakfast and the- no and i think i mean you were one of the first people i saw like posting everything they ate as like an art project but i think other artists like yourself and i mean i internalized this this became like a, a mantra for me it was well i had two mantras one was like i'll make more work of less value faster that was like one of my core mantras at the time and then the other one was like that i would start to make my work more and more just about my life and not about like some theoretical position or some like, you know, like we've talked about this before, like it wouldn't be about like uh, Foucault's uh, Society of the Oppressed. Or like that. It would be, I just make art about what I was experiencing in my life. Um, because, you know, like that's the way the media was, it was designed to do that, right? It was designed for you to be like, oh yeah, I just had dinner. Or like, look at my new kid. Or I went on vacation, right? And so in my opinion, like art uh, should also reflect uh the life i was living and i think a lot of artists were doing that right oh like, yeah which, it's it's kind of the idea of uh, no distinction between work or life yeah yeah exactly and it's not like that was a new idea to art but it kind of was like reignited by because there are previous uh, generations of artists who thought that um but it was reigniting that and at least in me it seemed really clear and i think in others too um, so yeah, early on, it just felt really like there was an energy and it felt like actually conceptually relevant, though I haven't seen a show. There aren't very many, uh, shows about this though. There's, there, there are some upcoming, I think, um, like in museums and stuff. No one was really talking about this culture. Yeah. So it was like a subculture. I, I remember at that time that people were really obsessed with the amount of likes on a post. I don't think people are as obsessed now and, and the, the like button was a really, Mm. It seemed like the social currency and the glue that holds everything together. And uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I made a website, pleaselike.com, and it just has a like button. Yeah. 
And um, I don't think people think about the like button so much anymore. Well, because it was like a form of validation. But whether yeah, it's... And a, a form of hierarchy or a form of, of uh, measuring. I think it's still there, Raf. I think that yeah. you and I are just, um, I yeah, think especially I, you are on a different level, right? No, but I, th- I feel like now things are spread out. Like you'll post the same thing on many different networks. And I think back then it was just Facebook. So the, the, the specific Facebook like button was more important. Now it's more, mm. well, it's spreading and it's doing its thing and... For me, it's like wherever it's hardest, I still get a, a kick okay. out of it. Like on, so if I get like I posted like a, just like a if stupid, you post something on LinkedIn, I posted like a stupid, <laughs> sincere like I'm 38 years old birthday message. On I saw Twitter. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your complacency got, uh, message. Yeah, I got a hundred, hundred <laughs> likes on Twitter. For me, that is that's like a nev- I've never received. No, like, hundred likes on a uh, hundred favorites on Twitter. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, like so that, and I know that I was I gamed the algorithm there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's so but, so terrible. But, um, do you agree that a lot of people dislike Facebook but use it because they have to? Yeah, like that's a good question, right? Because I often talk about like you know technology using us versus us using technology, and and in the worst cases. If you opt out of using a technology, you're opting out of uh, either like some kind of social position or social capital or access to something, right? And so if you're, you know, you're kind of opting out of a conversation. Exactly. Yeah. And then you might not be in in the worst cases, it means you might not get a job or you might not be included in a show or et cetera, et cetera. Um, Because, but it's interesting among artists because a few years ago, I think starting like maybe five years ago, people just like started to completely opt out of. Of, uh, of of social media, and like it's you're all, one of them. It always seems that the most successful artists never even did social media, and will never. Like they they don't even care. Mm. You know, like, like it, when Jeff Koons has a Facebook page, he'll post like once every three years, and it, it, I, I mean, people like I don't think Spike Jones is an Instagram star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like. Uh, like those people have managed profiles though right so we're, what we're talking about is the person who's self-managing it's a different you know it's a different it's a different reality they're they're it's personal media and they're creating their own media um but those celebrities have like a team right yeah uh unless you're donald trump some for some reason <laughs> you just and go you, direct you can win to the, the elections by being good at twitter yeah that's the the thing that's changed maybe um but, you know, this idea of resignation from social media was like a, a kind of almost like a political or conceptual act at one point. Now it's kind of boring when someone tells you they're like off Facebook. Well, the funniest like, to me is when people go on social media to tell you I'm off of social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. I'm quitting. <laughs> that's it, guys. Hey, remember me? I quit. <laughs> and then they come back. Like, remember Constant, uh, who I have to mention every episode. <laughs> yeah. he, quit, he quit Facebook. He's an he's a, he's a involuntary guest. He always comes up. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember him quitting Facebook and then being back on Facebook like eight months later. Uh, I mean, he's not as active as he once was because he, and he was a, he had a really interesting Facebook profile because he was also trying to push this concept of defaultism. Do you remember that? No, because I, I think I was already not using Facebook. Okay, so his whole profile was like designed to be an artwork in of itself. So all of the images, I think, were either white or blue. And so it became this like, his Facebook profile became like a, a canvas. Cam- or, a camouflage. Yeah, citizen. like it looked like a, a Mondrian or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I always thought that was pretty cool. Uh, people who are using the 
platform as a, a canvas in yeah. a way. But the other thing that's interesting about Facebook is, uh, even though th- I think they know that Facebook is kind of has an image of being for old people and not as cool as Snapchat, then they have Instagram and they just turn it into Snapchat and just slowly eat up. And then they have WhatsApp, which a lot of people use instead of Facebook, but kind of does the same thing. So they'll just buy up new brands and new entities and just, it's like the Borg. Yeah, I think what you, you've seen over the last uh, five years is um, like a, a segmentation of the of social media. And so everyone's specializing. And then there are a few, it's almost like a game of musical chairs and a few people have been left out, notably Twitter. It's like, <laughs> it's like where they're like racing for a chair, like, oh, we're the TV social media network. Oh, oh no, 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 we're the political one. <laughs> But like <laughs> everyone else is kind of like sitting calmly and like, you know, users are yeah. coming. Uh, what, what could be their next move? Twitter? Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know. I think that they should the, just be small. The like there's network. nothing. Yeah. All of these platforms have this uh, ridiculous desire to be the biggest because yeah. that's how but their valuations Facebook are. Facebook is definitely the biggest. Do you believe yeah, that but, number, the two billion members, active users? Well, what's really interesting about it is what it means for their future, which is like, you know, growth is nearly impossible when you reach a certain number, because like if you, Facebook was to grow by 1%, what is that, like 100 million people now? No. 200. Sorry. 200 million? Oh, yeah, right. No, no, it would be two, uh, 20 2 million. million. 20 million, right. <laughs> I can't do math. 20 million. Okay, so it has to grow by the size of, of like the Netherlands every you know, every year just to, yeah. it has to add another Netherlands just to like, you know, get 1%. But yeah, like, not only that, also not all users are equal at different income brackets. So. Yeah. I mean, and then of course, users are not really what's relevant anymore. So they're thinking in terms of revenue and, you know, famously, in Facebook terms of engagement. Really, yeah. And engagement, et cetera. And famously, Facebook actually uh, had a hard time uh, monetizing its user base early on, right? Like they tried to do advertising and they, it didn't work. Um, and users protested, but now they 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 record record revenues. I think they um, I can't remember the statistic, but they're larger than all the media companies in the world combined. Yeah, it's so bizarre when you think about people being excited about the Super Bowl, and it's maybe eighty million people watching. Yeah, 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 exactly. We think of the Super Bowl and stuff as like, oh my God, it's $2 million for an advertisement. But Facebook uh, generates more ad revenue uh, than Pers- pro- I, I would assume all the yeah, Super I think, Bowls. I think every time... Zuckerberg burps, he makes more money than the whole Super Bowl. And it's it's really bizarre, <laughs> the scale of things. Yeah. And actually, if you've used their advertising product, uh, and we should talk about how Facebook has two products, right? There's the product you're using as a user, but then there's the advertiser's product, which you also have access to. I'm sure you've seen the boost post thing. But if yeah, you get yeah. back into the advertising back end, which is where they invest most of their money in resource, right? This is like where they've invested in the last five years if you're like oh why does the interface still suck well it's because facebook's mostly spent their time trying to serve a different customer and that's the advertiser if you get back there it's actually like incredible it's like it's a it's a beautiful product Raphael. Mm-hmm. Let me <laughs> because you can do like amazing things to target individuals and you can do all of the things that advertisers fantasized about like that were in minority report and, <laughs> and everything right like it's all right there like your dashboard yeah. uh to like to to reaching the customer that le- only likes you know strawberry cupcakes there's, in nebraska yeah. there's this uh, this book called the feed Mm-hmm. I think the author's name is something Anderson. It's kind of a young adult novel. It's kind of written for teenagers. 
But it's this idea that the the social technology is embedded in your brain. It's like a, a chipset in your lower back. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the the algorithms respond to your emotions. So whenever you feel sad, it's like, I'm sorry you feel sad. What about these pants? Would they make you feel happy? Mm-hmm. And it, it constantly listens to your emotions and tries to sell you stuff in your weaker moments. So mm. I, I think Facebook must have that same level of like people listen. If Let's say you link Spotify and they notice that you've been listening to a lot of emo and they're like, oh, maybe they need a cupcake. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely like, I mean, whether maybe it's it's kind of dyst- it is very dystopic. It seems so obvious and cliche, and you know, we're we're kind of like zombies on our feeds as we're uh, yeah, kind of yeah, consuming yeah. the stuff. But I, was, I, I yeah. yeah, sorry, sorry. No, I was just gonna say like I was in uh, while well, I was in Frankfurt. There was like, well, I did this artist entrepreneur residency and. Uh, one of the people who applied was this young artist, Matthias Schaefer, who is doing um, uh, social media meditation. And I got a chance to experience this while I was in Germany. Like, he, and it was kind of, pr- it was really, really wonderful. But it makes me think about uh, about you know what's happening here. And basically, he is lets it a you Facebook Live thing. No, you just sit down together and you do like mindfulness, but like you scroll through your feed and the infinite feed, <laughs> but like, and you just like. In house, you know, you keep scrolling, and it's this infinite depth. But you have um, to resist stopping, stopping and reading. Yeah, you can't stop. You just keep going, and it, you, you know, you flow through it. Yeah. And it reminded me of like, um, I don't know if you remember Pure Kev, uh, Kevin Buersdorf, yeah. and Kev like uh, is famous among internet artists of a certain generation uh, for this spiritual performance he did. I guess like over 10 years, no, maybe it's 10 years ago now where he resigned himself from the internet, uh, in the whole internet and especially social media. But in, in doing so, he also entered into the internet or became part of it as like some kind of God. Uh, but it was like, it was really funny as like, I don't know, it's a, a performance a I'll never performer. forget. He's, a he's amazing. Yeah. He's I like, I saw uh, his play that Olia wrote. Oh yeah. So he's back in. So he like he disappeared and he he like left art uh, and worked in a well, surf he's, shop. He's I a think. very intense dude. Like uh, he, I went to visit him in the Rockaways. He was living there, so he he couldn't really stand city life, and so that the Rockaways was kind of <laughs> a little bit removed from New York or far enough. But now he really moved upstate, uh, and I think he was very heavily into meditation and uh, Taoism, uh, Chinese philosophy, and religion and then he went to china to see that and figured out it was actually kind of bullshit and then he's like okay i'm gonna build a house upstate so that's what he's doing now so he has the money I, to build I, a house upstate well he he worked in construction oh, okay yeah, uh, yeah, yeah so he saved up a long time and he learned the skills to build a house wow and and they bought a piece of land which i'm sure is not that expensive and then uh, maybe he's still doing construction work for others, but uh, I think him no, no, together. No, no. Yeah, I don't think it's about having a lot of money. He just no, 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 has yeah, the skills. No. Yeah, he has the skill. I was thinking like, yeah, he's. I mean, he's just. Um, anyway, I I invited him to my home uh, ten years ago when he did this last performance, and he did it a second time because he did. So he did it. At Where the, was the, what, Did he perform the, in Canada? Yeah, he performed at the New Museum, and then two weeks later. Like someone was like, you have to talk to this guy because I was doing performance events mm. back then. I was organizing them, 
I was like, so I gave Kev a call and I said, you know, come on up to Canada. He actually slept outside on my patio the whole time. <laughs> and he would begin each day meditating. Uh, he spent actually most of his day meditating. <laughs> and then he did this amazing performance and uh, in which, like, he, you know, there's this bell that rings and he talks about... Uh, uh, leaving uh, his social media profiles behind and everything. Anyway, it just reminded me that uh, there's kind of a spiritualism in Facebook as well. Yeah, it's um, funny. I, I, and, I, I just can't help when I... That's what I wanted to bring up. Zuckerberg, I, I think it's fine when you're like, okay, we want to milk people's attention for money and be honest about that. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I mean, even... I think when you watch the social network and even early blog posts of him, it's like, I can't believe all these suckers, the, the users, are giving me all their info. And I think it's fine if you're f- open about it. It's like, okay, I want to milk people's attention. Mm-hmm. But he just then goes on this rant of like, I'm serving my community and we're trying to make the world a better place by connecting people and have a more open society. And I don't think that's what Facebook is doing. And mm-hmm. I don't want to make this a political podcast, but to me it's interesting what he says and what he makes, uh, two very different things. Well, they're a public company, so it's not what Facebook is doing. It's like essentially what the shareholders and Mark Zuckerberg have decided yeah. is necessary for them to make the most profit, right? Yeah. And so, you know, uh, given that they have this 2 billion people, how are the ways they can make profit? Well, you know, advertising is the way they've chosen. Well, they want to... Maybe other ways. Yeah, they they, they could be... A financial institution where you send each other cash. They tried that, I think. Oh, you can send cash now over yeah. Messenger. I am never going to do that, but uh, yeah, good, good for that. <laughs> would you would you do it on iMessage when Apple comes out with iOS eleven? Uh, sure. Yeah, for, <laughs> for some reason I would trust them. Would you more, Would you do it through Amazon? It's funny too because in, I mean Canada, just like in Europe, you can send people money by email, and it's like a public thing. Like we have hmm. a any bank from any bank, you can send an email. Mm-hmm. You can email money, yeah. but you can't do that in the U.S. But in Canada, uh, money is free anyway, right? You don't um, have money. You just that's have, right, you yeah. say hello you just, and you give each other things. And. Yeah, you just go to the government and you're like, I need some money. <laughs> <laughs> the government store. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. It, it To me, it's it's interesting when you start comparing all the social media, and I'm, I'm quite addicted to Instagram and it's this little thing, but I, I think when you really take a further view of – What's an interesting way to spend your time? It's it's not social media. It's yeah, it's more so like a like nervous I, tick, like you have to sneeze and then you need a napkin. That like that's what social media seems to be. I mean, it's not like that for all media for me, but it definitely I burnt I'm burnt out on Facebook. And one of the things that changed for me, um, which is I think a, a good problem to have, and I, I'm not complaining, is that the number of people I actually know on Facebook. Uh, is like like one percent of the, like I have three hundred pending friend requests right now, and I only have fifty slots left, kind of thing. Because you can have this. You, can you have unlimited friend requests? No. Uh, oh, requests. Friends? No, yeah, no, no. You, but you can have a limited amount of people following you, right? Yeah, but you can only have like five thousand friends. And so, so I've been. So let's say hypothetically, if because you don't want to distinguish your personal and your. Anything you post on Facebook for you is public. Like, like you don't post things that are just for your family. 
Yeah, well, at this point, like, I don't know who's there. Like, I've, yeah. I've accepted people who then have, like, told me that they hate me and they, like, you know, almost want to kill me kind of thing. So, like, <laughs> there's, there's just, like, it's like I might as well walk into the street and pull my pants down. <laughs> yeah, but but so you, those friend requests, they can already follow you. Uh, yeah, there are, they're watching. So what's, yeah, the, what's the value for them for being one of the 5,000 friends? Mm, I think for me, for them, they can like send me a message cause I have my messenger set up okay. so that you have to be my Which friend, but they can still, read, they can still do a requested message, you know, on, on messenger, which I have uh, like a lot of those that I've never read. And it's always like a, a shameful situation to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, and then I realize there's some really nice but, people that have sent me messages and I haven't responded. I'm like, Ugh, it's buried in this like sub interface. <laughs> oh, no, I'm I, sorry, I don't use yeah. Facebook. I never know if the behavior of young people means that that's the the future of mainstream behavior. So if mm-hmm. you think of something like, for example, WhatsApp in Europe, I, you spend some time. You've seen how big that is in terms of sharing information, sharing locations, sharing photos. Uh, or was it not that big when you were doing things in Hamburg and in uh, Norway? What like WhatsApp? Yeah, I don't know. Like I use. But I to think, me, uh, with my family, that's the social network. Like I, I have. A is few... WhatsApp uh, theoretically a social network though? Because it's like it's, it's um, kind of because it's it has chat. yeah, but it has groups. So, for example, we have a, a family channel with maybe oh. seven people in it, and whenever we're on vacation, we I post pictures there, not on. Mm. So the, the the whole privacy issue, when Google Circles came out, and they're like, "Oh, you're gonna have a post, and you're gonna decide which circle you share it with." But yeah, WhatsApp yeah. kind of solves that, where you you you'll have a sort of high school friends group chat, and you'll have a family friends group chat, and then a work friends group chat, and you you don't have that issue of like an old photo lingering on Facebook, mm. which might come up when you're applying for a job. <clears throat> but I mean, what about Facebook groups? Don't doesn't it, don't those do it? Yeah, but it's, it just seems to me that uh, if I just look at my friends' behaviors, that WhatsApp is way bigger for photo sharing and sharing of videos and jokes than Facebook. But Facebook owns WhatsApp anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the funny thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, I mean, I've used Facebook groups, but I have like now a thousand groups. So it's not really, you know, something I use because I'm, it's just, a, again, it's the, we've talked about this before. It's like, there's a few drops of rain and you can, it's fun. You put them on your tongue, you lick in your face. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like a thunderstorm and you're like, ah, I'm just getting soaking wet. But yeah. I do, there are some famous Facebook groups uh, that, you know, there are groups that are kind of secret and that have, you know, for a long time, there was a, an internet art group just for women that was uh, I think actually quite important because it like was help, helping them mobilize, um, you know, their movement. Yeah. How, how um, come email doesn't work for that? Why, why would a Facebook group be more efficient than an e- group email? Uh, e- because, I mean, email, for some reason, I think email is still used. And, and frankly, like I'm a subscriber to quite a few newsletters or email lists. Um, yeah. Like, you know, listservs, basically. That was a big and, thing in NetArt before the social networks. Yeah, and it's still a big thing in art, period, like Eflux and all of these uh, different lists. Um, so I don't think it's uh, it's gone anywhere. It's just there are lots, the pie just got sliced up even, even more, right? So in proportion, it looks small, but it's probably as big as it ever was, but it just hasn't grown. Um, we just started doing more of the other stuff. 
What's good? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because email, so we should do a whole episode on email, but I will say this. If you're going to communicate with people like via any channel, so if you're going to choose, oh, yeah, like I'm going to really dedicate myself to Facebook, and this is for our listeners who are artists, or I'm going to do Twitter, da da da. By far, still, because working in a company where we we choose channels like diligently, email has the highest response rate of any media channel. Yeah, yeah. Period. But nobody's okay, so promoting it because it, it, there's there's no uh, single entity that makes money off of it. There, but there is no other platform where you can reach people and actually engage them and t- and ch- and channel them toward an action as effective. It's like it's orders of magnitude more effective than any other media. That's funny. Yeah, that, that's the funny thing to me when when people say, "Oh, apps are the future. The web is dead," and "Oh, this or that," and and it's always the the old stuff you thought that nobody cared about. Like blogs are still very important, and, and mm-hmm. websites, and yeah. Do you you send a do you have an email newsletter as an artist? I'm just curious. I do, but I always had this uh, very purist approach that I will only send websites on the email list because you can actually go see them. I I hate oh, yeah, sending out your emails. I I hate sending out um, invitations for shows that only a few people will be in that location, and the mailing list is not location specific. So I'm not going to send an email. Hey, I have a show in New York to people who live in India. Well, why do you think that is? I mean, I think that email was the first uh, first media where we decided there was good media and bad, like spam, right? <laughs> we, it was, like on Facebook, no one's like, oh, that was a spammy post. Or I guess they are kind of now, right? Oh, like, yeah, clickbait, yeah. There's like, yeah, right, there's clickbait, right? So, but email is the first. Ten ways you're not going to die today. <laughs> and you as a person would never post ten ways. You're not, you're not, like, even, actually, it's interesting to, for us to go back to Facebook and think about it through the lens of spam. So when I'm writing a Facebook post now, like, I'm always like, is this, this is promotional, but I'm in a promotional context. Is it too self-promotional? Like, the number of little, like, uh, decisions I need to make in order to make a post to decide it belongs in the feed was just too much of a burden. Like mm-hmm. I don't even know what belongs here anymore. Like that's what I, I like about well Instagram advertise. because it, you, you don't use words as much, and then if someone doesn't like it, you just swipe by. Yeah, yeah, that's why. I mean, I'll be honest. I, I'm a Twitter. I'm I lean into Twitter these days because it seems like no one pays attention anyway. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I could just like I can just kind of post or randomly tweet, and it, no one cares because it's gonna be it's gonna be swept up in the in the feed. Like people follow a lot. I don't. I don't know. I just think of it as a garbage heap. But it is. It and, is a funny thing where idealistically you're not a fan of Facebook. I'm sure. No. Or, or, or but but. I liked your, it early on. I just yeah, but your I, ideals I, don't go that far that you cancel it and that you cancel all Facebook products, that you don't use Instagram or WhatsApp. Well, I still get contacted by a lot of people. I still have there's, shows. There's, I there's, used to joke like but there's I tons still get of people shows through who, Facebook. Who take, uh, there's, cer- there's a certain level of ideals that you have. Like you would not murder people to be in a show, even if that would give you – or would you? No, of course not. Yeah. Well, you know, so there's a threshold really of ideals and, and, <laughs> and what you can get. So I don't know. I'm just trying to say, like, I much prefer the open web. But then I see why for a lot of people, the open web is too complicated. So then I'm like, OK, I'll be on Instagram. What's funny, too, is that, you know, as artists mature, there's like a <laughs> it's so funny to think about this in terms of artists. But like artists are required, basically, to, to step back from the internet. And I noticed this when I was a young artist too. Like 
the more like famous or more established or whatever the artist was, the less engaged with the internet they were. So it's like, you know, a young artist is like on every platform, they're yeah, yeah, da, da. and then it's like, they're no, no, I'm off social You're media, cool. and then it's like, yeah. yeah, I have a website and a newsletter. It's like, mm. then they get like even bigger, and it's like maybe they're with a the blue chip gallery. Blue chip gallery is like, mm, you got to get off of your, you can't have your own website. Well, at we that need to point, control the, your brand. Yeah, I mean, and it, it, I have a few successful art friends who are not so internet related and who are too successful they don't want to look like they're selling anything so that's yeah, very yeah. important <laughs> that's so, so it, it it's the opposite of desperate you're like i'm i'm so full of appointments and i'm so full of shows and sales that it's better that i'm this eccentric person who doesn't communicate <laughs> yeah so now i'm so selective that i'm opting out i, I mean i spoke to a, a very well-known artist and he always had a website and he he really closed it off because he said i don't want to look self-employed so he's like the gallery represents my communication to the world and they're they're Mm -hmm. the buffer yeah yeah but that's a good point it's an interesting thing like in the beginning it's a survival strategy and you're fighting for attention and at some point you want to be chic yeah, I don't know if it's about being chic, but I think, um, I mean, I'm caught in the middle right now because I'm not a successful artist, That's <laughs> but, I'm a mature, but I'm yeah. a mature artist, right? Like, if you think about it in relationship with what we just mentioned, well, we're, I have I a gallery, both, but the, ga- I think we're the gallery both, doesn't... I think we're both, like, fighting this, the artist mystique and, like, being the mysterious artist. Yeah, like, I'm not interested. Yeah, I don't want to do it the way everyone else did it. (laughs) But, and I have a gallery, and they don't bring me interesting shit. Like, the interesting stuff for me is still kind of on the ground. Um, But I'm also, like, it's not effective either. Like, Facebook just doesn't doesn't do anything. And I can't even follow my friends anymore. Like, I don't even know where, like, where they are (laughs) and the noise. Like, it's just a lot of work to get at. But do you still look at Instagram and, and, like... Do you see every post on Instagram or you just kind of skim through it? Yeah, that's where I spend my time. <laughs> so it's still <laughs> like, Facebook, I, but it's just a different, uh, they, yeah, they just be, bought up another entity. And you know, it's funny because Facebook used to be used for photos. I don't know if you remember, people used to post albums. And that the, was the and thing, photos. yeah, and you could tag people. Yeah, exactly. Tagging people, you know, and I and it's funny because Kristen, my partner, she's still... Do you still... remember that scene in The Social Network when Justin Timberlake is on cocaine and he's talking about photo tagging? We used no. to live in villages, and then we moved oh. to cities, and now yeah. we live on the internet. And we're going <laughs> to tag photos, and you're going to know who your friends are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he was right. It's on Instagram. But uh, on Facebook, it's really uh, rare. Like, Kristen, she posts all of her photos on Facebook. And I'm like, why aren't you posting these on Instagram? She's like, I don't want to. I've always done it on Facebook. I but mean, then I... she also meticulously untags herself. Like, when I met her... Yeah. I shouldn't talk about her on the podcast, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. Uh, <laughs> when I met her, she would I untag herself from any yeah any photo, and and then I met other people, and this was like a distinct generational division. Like I'm older, and I was like I, I started meeting younger people who would like manage their profiles and untag themselves. Well, that's how the and, ephemeral the, the stories idea, the, the Snapchat idea, solves all of that. Well, yeah, and I also remember though at that time, like Kristen's sister, she would lock and unlock her profile. So, like, she would do this kind of playful thing where, you know, you could get a glimpse of what was going on, and then they, it would be locked down. And and I, we should also say that I think women have a very d- different experience oh, with yeah. social media than men. And I don't know why it's taken this long in the podcast to get to this, but like a lot of uh, women are in a position where they're either harassed or uh, you did stalked. A, you did an identity switch for a while with uh, Sarah Weiss. 
Yeah, actually, that's really interesting. Thanks for reminding me. I forgot about that. So yeah, like uh, there was an there's another internet artist, uh, and she's still around. Sarah Sarah Weiss, uh, who's a Chicago based artist, and she was like a huge YouTube personality for a while. And we did like kind of a fun performance when I was like starting out, where we exchanged identities on Facebook, and you gave each other each other's login, and then you just went on from there. You That's s- right. You, s- and, you swapped logins, basically. Yeah, and we didn't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah, like so we you said, were posting we might... in her name. She was posting in your name. Yeah, yeah, and actually, oh man, I forgot how thrilling this experience was, <laughs> but also how eye-opening it was because Sarah is, you know, um, a relatively attractive woman. She's like, she uses her body and her artwork. Um, um, but anyway, the thing that was surprising was like the amount of solicitation from men I was receiving uh, <laughs> as Sarah, like, like yeah. nonstop, like all day long. I've heard day the long. same from other people that they would make a fake okay, Cupid profile as an, and just take an average girl's photo and then you get these replies. It's like, I'm really good in bed. You should, we should hang out. Yeah, it was just really uncomfortable though. <laughs> like I have to say, I was like, I saw this social media through a different lens at that time. And um and yeah, and I think that was actually one of the, you know, the beginning of me disengaging from the platform too. But like, it was just, it was really, really bizarre. Um, it was funny to control her profile and for her to control mine as well. And we played around a little bit with it. But, you know, it ended up at one point, I remember she was like, because I think I organized uh, some kind of a dildo party at her, <laughs> at her house or something like that. It was like something play. She was, she already, she was already kind of, playing with this in, in a previous week so I like brought it up again but then she's like no don't do that this is like legitimately <laughs> scary and terrible for me and uh, yeah so we almost destroyed each other's careers in the end but uh, the, the thing that's that is interesting is that uh, social media and Facebook is kind of a lifeboat for people who are not good at personal skills in, in the real world mm. Um so oh, that's interesting. We there's there's a that. lot of people who either don't live in a major city or who who don't like to get drunk or who are not naturally comfortable around large groups, and then they might find their Facebook might be their door or their their foot in the door. Right, and I think um, you know you meet like even among internet artists. I can remember like we didn't meet in person very often, and then but we had talked on Facebook, like we're quote unquote friends on Facebook, right? Like we've all had that moment where it's like, oh, do you know so-and-so? Oh, we're friends on Facebook. Uh, but you've never met them face-to-face, right? And then you'd meet some of these people face-to-face and they weren't always as social as you remember. <laughs> no, I, I think often the, the, the people can be very loud online and kind of shy in person. Mm-hmm. Plus, yeah, I, I, I can... think uh, uh, David Foster Wallace in Infinite Jest, he, he describes this novel he describes this technology in the near future where there's face enhancement video software. So you look way cooler and more attractive online. And I think that's part of it. People take ideal selfies and, and ma- manipulate them in Photoshop. And then you have to meet people in the real world and the lighting is not ideal and there's no Photoshop. And then you get shy. Right. right. Yeah. No, no. I mean, definitely. We, and we haven't talked about that kind of like the culture of FOMA, fear of missing out, like the oh, culture yeah, of the selfie yeah. and all, all of that did emerge, though. That's, that's we have something... to give credit. But we have to give credit to Facebook for making for, for all of this culture. In a I, way. I was like, thinking about that. Like part of the reason why I live in New York is is FOMO. I don't know if this is that true, but 
When you're in New York, you find out those things are actually not that cool. But when you're far away, <laughs> the idea that you're missing out is so strong. So it's almost like I'd rather be in the in the misery than think it's wonderful from the outside. Yeah, I mean, the way I did that is I was like working at NYU and commuting back and forth and like trying to drag people out to openings that I would have had a fear of missing out on. <laughs> and like no one people like, nah, we're just going to like hang out at this coffee shop or actually I'm going to go home and watch a movie. I'm like, yeah. What are you talking about? This is like Jacob Chiachi. He's got a show. We got to go see It's going to be amazing. And then you're there and there's like four people. Yeah, exactly. Like. <laughs> but sometimes it's awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's true. There are these like moments that yeah. uh, I've been lucky to be at a few of them. But the FOMO uh, thing is very interesting. I, I, I think that's a human. I, it, it's probably always been around like someone was sitting closer at the campfire next to a cooler person and somebody was a little jealous but it's definitely been accelerated or intensified with the social networks but i think the the point that I, that's emerging here that's kind of interesting to consider is that you know love it or hate it and in in some ways like you know hating it, it, it is more interesting in a way uh, like facebook has generated a tremendous amount of culture like and it and it it obeys all of the rules of a subculture that's now become mainstream culture yeah someone and, on twitter compared facebook to the black plague oh that's a i mean that's a different kind of culture one of death yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah certainly that like was part of the dark ages or whatever right like that the, that that age which plague are we specifically referring to actually anyway but like uh <laughs> but facebook has generated all of these not just like and it's not all negative cultural norms but all sorts of uh, culture like you mentioned the selfie or this fear of missing out all these internet kind of cultural moments that we now take for granted but they really all started uh, on that network and uh, I don't know if they're establishing anything new like if you think about what they're doing now the culture that they're generating is face well they are still generating culture so the, the most recent ones are fake news and yeah. also uh, the live murder but it, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's sorry, funny when I... you see Zuckerberg's online posts and it's like, we just want to make the world a better place. And uh, actually, it's live mode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Congratulations, Zuckerberg. You really did it again. <laughs> it's, it started so, it started oh, so innocently. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I wonder if actually when he gets it's, up at like... It, it, uh, that's better than any episode of Silicon Valley. It's, <laughs> it's true. It's true. We set out to save the, the way, world. It's the way he says it. Because he has his nasal voice and he's like, we want to reach out to people and make sure that everybody understand each other. <laughs> well, it Do you is remember worth that Facebook ad that was about the chair? Facebook is a chair. You can sit on a chair and talk to people. <laughs> well, if you, it, it's interesting to examine it through the lens of what they think is next. So, what Zuckerberg think, thinks is next is uh, he said groups and we are talked next. About he, he said Facebook is about groups now. Yeah, and I think he's also said it's about co-presence or it's about face-to-face, which is interesting, right? Because he's saying virtual reality and or mixed reality is going to allow us to feel like our friends are in the same room with us, even though we're both in different. Uh, uh, rooming locations. houses in di- yeah, in, t- in different uh, cities because we work in factories. Anyway, anyway, like our miserable lives. Yeah, will there's be con- a, there's that photo of him when they released the Oculus and everyone in the audience is wearing a VR helmet and he's walking mm-hmm. in between them, smiling as sort of the overlord in the Matrix and everyone's <laughs> yeah, glued yeah. into their cells and he's just like, 
ha ha ha, let me monetize you. It's by far the most famous contemporary photo of Zuckerberg. For sure. <laughs> but uh. it's, it's funny how he thought that was an awesome photo. Same with Jeff Bezos in that weird combat robot, and he's like smiling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they have yeah they have no idea of the, <laughs> the their perception. own self image yeah, yeah, perception. Yeah, yeah. But I think like uh, it's interesting to think about because I don't know if you've used any of the so Facebook has started to create social VR products that only like of course like a few of the people in that audience can use. I happen to have uh, an Oculus at home. I'm lucky to have it because I'm working on a commission. But like I had a, a visit. They have this product called Facebook Spaces. And you like sit down in like a virtual space and you have a conversation with a friend. It's like, it's really meditative rap. And it actually does remind me of early Facebook because no one's there. Yeah, and so I had like a really nice. intimate, I had a really intimate conversation with a curator in inside, who's an, also a friend, my friend John. But Hampton, how is that different inside, from Skype? Um, it's, I think it's different uh, from, it's not that different from Skype, I guess, except that you're in space together and you're drawing together. Um, okay. And there's, and you're, so, that kind I don't of know, reminds there was, me of Google Hangouts with the, the drawing tool that you can. Make well, we're it. talking on, we're talking on Skype right now. And actually, I'm a little bit distracted by like the screen in front of me, the level meters, the tabs I have open, the yeah, world yeah. around, the world around me. Okay, and one so of the nice things immersive. about. But yeah, this one, the really weird and surprising thing about being inside of this Facebook Spaces thing, which was just, you're right, Skype for VR uh, withdrawing, uh, was that like I was, we spent like an hour meditatively drawing and there's like a, I think there's like a weird like sound in there. Anyway, it's very calming and isolating in a calming way, which I hadn't experienced in VR before. Like mo most of the time in VR, you're like, I can't wait to get out of this because I'm sick, I'm nauseous, like so there's robots attacking hurt. me. My eyes didn't hurt. Yeah, it was really, um, but I, and it seemed to be because I was with another person that there was a strange, a strange connection. And I bring it up because I think when Facebook started and when we, we first all engaged with social media, it gave us this feeling of connection and intimacy. And I don't think that that's lost on, on Zuckerberg, actually, I think, if you yeah. look at this product. It's funny I, that I brought up this topic. I wanted to talk about that this week. Mm -hmm. But I don't think I ever enjoyed Facebook. I never thought, I always thought of it as something you, you have to use because people connect that way. And mm. But I never, Instagram, I, I kind of enjoy. I just like seeing a stream of images. But Facebook, it's just never, yeah, I never thought like, oh, that's beautiful. That's it. I always thought, for example, that, that Gmail is this moment's Eiffel Tower. It's just this beautifully engineered, <laughs> dense, utilitarian a tower of information but I never had that moment with Facebook where I just looked at it in awe or I thought like oh this is an amazing thing mm. you think of it more like the Walmart of uh, oh yeah it's definitely Walmart yeah that's exactly <laughs> what it is it's like, like G Gmail is like what is it's, Gmail it's like, like an airport um, but no airports are more beautiful than Facebook I don't know it's it's really it's a sad thing for me Gmail's like an old hardware store where they have all the parts. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. To me, it's and really it, like, Gmail is like the Eiffel Tower or like the the Parisian Metro or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm. I'll tell you, like, I really find it a disgusting product now, uh, and I don't but, like but it. But you still um, didn't delete your account. No, no. Yeah, and I don't even know what it is anymore. That's the other thing. It's like, I think that one of the good points that's emerging here is like, if I asked 10 people what Facebook is, 10 people would give me 10 different answers, right? Yeah. Because it's such a, it's bloatware. Like you said, it's Windows XP. The Windows XP was a beloved uh, 
Maybe it's like Windows 95. Like it's yeah, got so yeah. many. Or maybe Windows got, Vista. Or Windows XP is kind of maybe a good example because it's like, this is so, such a nerdy conversation. <laughs> there's, so, there's different competing priorities within the application. You mm. can tell. Mm. Uh, now, one different of the things people might of, not know is... In the company that need different... They're like, no, we need to be here. Yeah. No, you. Well, I, we don't have that much time left, but I do want to talk about like a well-known uh, saying in the UX community is you can view the politics of a website or of software by looking at the interface. So the way a company is organized is usually visible within the interface. And I love doing this. It's really fun. So like take your, you know, the typical example is like, you know, go to the website of your, of a bank or of a, like a place where, you know, there's probably like really shitty politics. And conflicting interests. Of different and conflicting groups. interests. Yeah. <clears throat> and look at their homepage, right? Now, the first thing you're going to notice at the worst organizations, and it's not that bad, but even the new museum does this. Uh, so you can, I can. <laughs> I can tell you they have bad politics, is you're going to put a carousel at the top of the page. Why are you going to do that, right? Why would anyone put a carousel this at the top of the page? This is a funny thing. Well, you should do a service that is like psychoanalysis by websites. <laughs> yeah, well, it's because I've been in so many of these meetings now. Yeah. It's like, so, you know, basically two people, two groups within the organization couldn't agree on what's most important for the above the sp- fold space. And so we're going to, guess what? We have a solution from the design team. It's a carousel. You're it's both a, important. So it's equally. like musical chairs, the carousel. Yeah. It's like a design by committee problem. Yeah. Now, if you look at Facebook, the committee they have is quite large. They have thousands of employees. And the way they're organized is that, well, actually, they still have a separate design team. Uh, so they don't have uh, what normal software companies have, which are these like independent agile teams, though they do work agile. So, But regardless, any, any person in Facebook is allowed to run a test. <clears throat> so any group of people is allowed to run a test, a version of Facebook, like I'm on, I want to make sure I want to I want to try this new feature out as long as they meet certain criteria. And then it, it upgrades itself in terms of like its success rate, like there's a survival rate for these tests. So at any one time, there are hundreds of versions of Facebook that are running, right? <clears throat> so the version of Facebook that I'm running, Raf, is different than the version of Facebook you're running. Oh, I yeah. guarantee it oh, today. Yeah. Also, so, the, if from, from uh, people who post, they, they post different things to different regions. Right. Yeah. Like. Yeah. That. But. But even just the version of the application, the functionality yeah. of it oh, is yeah, um, yeah. is amorphous. And for that reason, when you log into Facebook, it's no surprise that you're like, oh my god, like this has changed, that's changed. And I remember when people used to get upset when something would change in Facebook. That's but what now, department stores do as well. They they keep changing the layout so you never go directly to what you need. So you're always kind of wandering. Yeah, 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 I guess so. Yeah. So, but they're just through this testing methodology, which is considered like best in class or whatever. um, They're always evolving the product, but they're doing so on an unprecedented scale. Um, Yeah, that's what for me that when I make those tapestries in the abstract browsing, it's this, this idea that websites are this living beings that are constantly listening to the users and adapting. It's like, oh, let's do it here. Let's see how the revenue changes if we do. And, And so it's almost like a Skynet. It's just operating on its own but when i look at facebook for that reason that's what i see i see like a i see a company of hundreds of people that are are going in all kinds of directions because they don't know what who who or what they're for or why they're doing so it's what they're almost doing. like a classic bazaar marketplace where there's just like lots of little vendors pushing for attention yeah, it's like a Medusa is what I would say. There's like a thousand snakes all yeah. looking for prey. And you keep uh, chopping off a head and seven heads come back. Yeah, this is our <laughs> most brutal takedown of Facebook, but that's what it is. It's like it's like this uh, 
I wonder how cynical it gets. It's like, okay, we have a lot of murders on Facebook Live, but it's bringing in a lot of users. So what should we do about that? I know. We'll create a photo sharing service for babies. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's funny how I haven't canceled my Facebook page because I know it, it offers a utility. Like some people are not on Instagram. I forward my photos there. They can see the photos there. Nobody gets hurt. I'm getting really close to canceling my account. I'll tell you why. Do you because want to do like it live I, now? Yeah. Because I advertise. Should we use Facebook Live this moment? You mean? No. Do you want to delete your account right now here? Live? Oh, no. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. That's like it's a kind of that. It's kind you of a see how you, moment. Yeah, it's funny. Well, like, do I want to commit suicide in front of you in an audience? No. I mean, it's a personal like. Okay, you know, I agree there. But but right? how like, will, you, will you announce it to the time. world later? Will you say on Twitter? Well, I'm I'm not sure yet, but I'm like because I advertise on Facebook or I play with advertising. Now I get like tw- I get this spam every time I log into where like Facebook for business which is like their other, you know, part of their other product. It, it sends me personal messages every day, <laughs> like coaching tips on running my business. And I'm just like, I, I'm really sick of it. It's just like, it's so but, aggravating. But can you it's explain a, why you haven't deleted it so far? I think I haven't deleted because I, I, there are still people who reach out to me that are really special and wonderful and that I've met, you know, But don't you think those people that's, could that's find you on Twitter or email? They, seemingly, you'd expect that, but like that, we're not at that point yet. I mean, some people do. I think because what the podcast has proven to me that people prefer to reach you by us by email because that's how most of I, I our listeners reach us. I definitely see this podcast as a social network. It's a, a, a yeah. in, in a more slow pace. It's not like it, uh, other social media. You get immediate response under a post, and this is more you meet up with someone later, and they're like, "Oh, I remember you mentioned this, but actually, did you think about it this way?" Yeah, and you know the sad thing at this point in the podcast, if anyone's listening, uh, probably Facebook listen, uh, workers are all listening right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> is that we didn't know at first that people would listen to this. In fact, I remember famously in the first episodes, you said you didn't care, um, and now there's some really lovely people who listen to us. But there are also people at some of these companies who listen to us, um, <laughs> and an I keep open, meeting. It's an open platform. Anyone I, can I, keep, I keep meeting them, and then I'm like, and so do you, and you're like, oh dear, like I didn't. So I could let's I I promise you someone at Facebook is listening right now. It, should we? Is there any message that we have for I, the people that I are don't designing know if, Facebook? If it, it's funny. Uh, Christina really stopped using Facebook, and her family complains because they think it's hard to reach her when they can just yeah, text but, her. But they, imagine, it's, it's so embedded in people that you just contact people on Facebook. But imagine like Facebook was an alien civilization and we represent the humans that are under attack. (laughs) And there's like a translation machine, which is our podcast. And we want to send a message into the heart of the, like, like an Independence Day, we're Will Smith and we're flying into (laughs) right now, like through this, our voices, we're flying into the mothership. And, you know, we, we, we have an opportunity, we have an audience with, with the King alien. Maybe this is, this podcast gets all the way to Zuckerberg's desk. It's ra- it's ra- it's rare, maybe impossible, but I have a feeling that I'm sure Zuckerberg's he's listening. listening. Right? There's, there's, he's no, listening. for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, like given we know a few CEOs listen, a few like people in product, and and anyway, what would we what would we say? What would we say? Like, what what should they do? What's our no, what's I, I, the I urgent think message? I I really think uh, I don't have a. a there's a sentiment that Facebook is bringing down democracy because of filter bubbles. I don't know if that's true, but um, 
I just don't care too much about it. I just use it in this way of it. I forward stuff from my Instagram and I don't look at it. But hmm. yeah, so I you wouldn't know. be like, uh, yeah, you you wouldn't say you wouldn't say something like, uh, just you know you know shut it sh- shut it down or <laughs> no, because <laughs> like, then or, another thing will come up. I don't think that mm. changes anything. So maybe you would say, well, here's what I here's what I would say. Uh, but I say. definitely s- decided for myself that it was taking away too much attention. So I, that's why I deleted my personal profile. Mm. So I mean, it sounds like you're resigned, or you feel like it's hopeless because well, there's this funny thing when you quit Facebook, and then it, because Christina was like, "I'm sick of this. I'm quitting it. It's taking away too much of my time." And then you. You, you can only deactivate your account temporarily. It's like a computer that goes on standby mode. So, and, mm-hmm. and then when you deactivate the account, it shows up, it shows you your best friends and they're like, they're going to miss you. And then you say, okay. And they're like, are you sure? But this person is going to miss you. And then it'll send you emails every now and then and say like, hey, your friends have been uh, missing you. Do you want to come back? Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so there's external services that will log in and then change your password for you so you really can't but you can't really delete your account there are a lot of artist projects i've seen that like will delete or manage or or do stuff with your account i mean one thing that i might suggest on that note though if i was talking to zuckerberg is i was like give it back to the people you know like uh so like no, or make a version to me it's fine like this it, it's the closed internet which is very convenient and people find things fast and and it, that's like saying there shouldn't be malls. It's like no. Yeah, but imagine, imagine if like there was like a, a public API for. Fa- I mean, there is an API for Facebook, but may, imagine they opened it up and made it really accessible. Well, that and was you could the same reconfigure. with Twitter, right? They 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 stopped supporting third party clients or even actively blocking third party mm-hmm. clients. When but you know, if they allowed us to make our own versions of it, like maybe that's the. I mean, I've always talked about that as the future, like the future will be like Facebook. What if Facebook gave us the tools to build like independent like personalized well, they social could, networks they could at least they have such an emphasis on native content and so publishers were asked don't link to blog posts that then people have to load on their phones and takes forever write things in facebook so new york times put your content directly in facebook not on newyorktimes.com and right, and, 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 the, and yeah. we'll give you advertising revenue we'll share it but it turned out that the deal was pretty bad and uh, the publisher really unhappy about it and so it's, yeah, it's we that have, kind we, of sneaky. We've almost not be- talked about that at all. Like it's the that sneaky garden. behavior. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's like how far do you want to push the walled garden? Because they really they even want to provide internet, and a lot of people th- think about the internet as just okay, Facebook. Like I think it's way beyond the walled garden now, though. It's a, they're, what they're trying to do is a parallel internet, right? And yeah. Every once in a while, like someone will come along. One of our listeners sent us like a a great reference to like. You know, uh, a company that where they're like the internet is broke, so yeah, we're building a let's new build internet, it from the right? Up. And you hear people say that all the time, right? Like, let's build this thing all over again. But actually, that already happened. That mm-hmm. happened in two thousand and five. Wait, when did Facebook launch? Actually, we haven't even got to the actual. Yeah, I think two thousand four or something. Two thousand four. Yeah, I think it became more publicly available in oh five. You know, that's when Facebook. Uh, that's when a new internet emerged, and that we a talked about Web one point Web two point But like, yeah, like a brand new, like let's start from scratch internet emerged, uh, and that was Facebook. I have a feeling that that's going to happen again, and that Facebook will look like a Walmart on you know off a a, a derelict route, like a so it happened you know, with like AOL old, as old well. Mall. Yeah, 
AOL. Well, it also happened with the companies that they replaced, right? Yeah, like, but AOL had had this idea of the walled garden, and we're chat and email and marketplace, and we're everything, and you don't have to go on the regular internet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're right. The, the AOL AOL is the first example of that, and so it, it can happen again. I, I assume that like people will, you know, it, it's just there's very. We've spent an hour trying to find something good um, and pure about it, uh, and we ended up at uh, live murders and. Um, <laughs> And you know, and political yeah, like mischief. I, I, so. For me, Google is it the, not everything they do is perfect, but I think the mission I agree with. Like the internet without Google would be unusable, and so I, I don't agree with everything they do, and not every product is great. But I think on the ground level, what they're doing is the intentions I agree with very much. Like, yeah, so search. We, we need we search need search name. for the internet. Yeah, and they do it really well. And but like they're obsessed with like you know obviously Android is their late, their success after search but uh, you know famous I think it, the, you know search is the first thing that they invented when they were actually not even a company they were uh, a they're lab students. at a university at Stanford yeah so um, as a company they've not managed to really create any additional value for for the world no oh, no <laughs> what about Gmail aren't you happy with Gmail. Gmail came out of 20% time, which is the non-company yeah. uh, uh, time. Yeah. You know, There is an argument to be made that it's impossible for a company to really create real value. Uh, and this is something that I'm personally conflicted about every day because the, it, it, the you way... You really think communism the, is the answer? I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, Raph, like, I'm, I'm not ashamed to make money. Like, but as soon as... It's really this is really interesting and it's really difficult. And one of the things that I'm exploring as a design director is like how to get designers to think more about designing businesses and not just designing UX. But um, it, it's hard it's hard to see how Facebook could redesign to be like you said like a cert, like search was for you know to actually help the world. And I think early on it kind of had that feeling like it was helping you connect with people and friends uh, in a way that wasn't possible before. But now. It doesn't feel that way. It feels like a, a murder uh, rampage and bizarre, you know, like and 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 like conspiracy theory. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's uh, a conspiracy theory accelerator. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so, and it could just be that we have a very different view. Like, I feel like if I logged into my my mom, still really loves using Facebook on her iPad, you know, and yeah. she only has a few friends, which is her family, and she gets she keeps up with what I'm doing and. Yeah, I think She'll for be like, my oh, parents, I read this really when I, interesting when I see article. Them use it, they they use it as a news feed in terms of following different media. So the the Guardian yeah. and maybe some bloggers, and they almost use it as an RSS reader. And then right, things yeah. that most people I know who use Facebook would never share personal photos. On they might share news articles, but personal photos go on Snapchat or on WhatsApp. Yeah, but what you're saying is for those people, it's still the everything store. It's still Walmart, and they like Walmart. And Walmart has great deals on, mm. you know, on 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 fake news and stuff. So, <laughs> I think like, <laughs> on live murders. <laughs> well, Walmart's great at that. No, there's but, even uh, live rape, but it's really fucked up. It's, uh, but yeah. if you, re- yeah, but if you really, uh, if you, if at a certain point you're like, oh, I really want the authentic thing, and so I'm going to go to like the, the like the little diner that's like still doing it the old yeah, way. Yeah, the butcher, you know, the baker. The butcher, the baker, yeah. The candlestick maker, whatever. I'm going to go to these authentic places <laughs> and, uh, and 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 I'm not going to go to Walmart anymore. And that definitely happens. Uh, and I think that that's what, as artists, we've decided. It's like, yeah. you know, 
Maybe maybe it's another way of, of, of thinking about it is it's not like what's wrong with something, but like which internet things bring you joy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so it's not if it's not bringing you joy, why are you doing it? Anyway, we I, I feel like we, we've kind of we've reached our good point, which is uh, it's one of the depressing episodes, I suppose. But uh, there's hope, you know, there's hope. Get out there and meet people in person <laughs> if you can or yeah. email, email them. Email is still a great. Platform. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say this one thing that you said that people reaching out to you on Facebook. I think if people want to talk to you, um they will find a way, even if you're hard to find. So. Well, we didn't talk today about like how different channels have different like f- levels of friction, and Facebook still yeah. has this because it's like basically the sewer. Um, <laughs> there's a very low level friction. Like if I ran into someone in the sewer, I'd be like, "Well, you're in the sewer anyway. Yeah, we can have a conversation." <laughs> but but, but like I'm not going to let them knock okay. on my door. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> anyway. Uh, I do have, I think, uh, a field recording uh, here that's kind of uh, appropriate uh, from a from John Hampton, who I mentioned I had this uh, visit in Facebook uh, virtual space in Spaces. Uh, so John is a, a curator, and he's uh, sent in a, a field recording of him canoeing, and he's on uh, Child's Lake in Manitoba. And what's really nice about this recording is it's very typically Canadian. He's canoeing, of course, but then he's on this <laughs> lake and he comes across a swarm of horse flies, <laughs> which he said made him think of me and you, Raphael. <laughs> it's like, apparently... <laughs> this is a funny episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we remind him of horse flies. Yeah. Uh, and uh, anyway, it's quite funny because you, you, it definitely sounds actually both beautiful and incredibly uh, terrifying and annoying at the same time. Time, What's your you mission statement? Water, we, we want to be like a swath of horseflies. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you, John, for sending it in, for listening. Yeah, um, awesome. And for anyone who made it this far, it is kind of almost like a double length episode because we were late last week with our episode. Uh, thanks yeah. for being patient with us. And uh, yeah, send us your thoughts on Facebook, actually. I love actually hearing people's point of view after we do an episode. And there's been a lot of that on Twitter, but uh, I'm at Jeremy Bailey on Twitter. What are you on Twitter? What's your handle? New Raphael, and, and my food Twitter is RRFood. Mm, there we go. So you can reach us that way, but we still love just getting uh, email. Um, yeah, it's the best. If you can find it. <laughs> you have to go searching for our email address. No one ever actually, you know, giving someone your email address is the, one of the most painful things, so I'm not going to state it verbally. I, th- I think that's a very first, pers- first world statement. <laughs> no, it's so you know painful. what's the most painful thing in the world is giving someone your email address well because it's like there's probably a number in there a special care anyway like, <laughs> so hard uh, but yeah it's been fun uh, we'll talk to you next week um, enjoy thanks, the sound of horse flies yeah that's where I'm going next I'm going to go canoeing that's where I'm going okay bye everybody bye.
Thank <laughs> you.